Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, August 2nd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Alrighty then, well this is going to be interesting. I'm actually doing this podcast from my mom's home in sunny Florida. And if you could see the setup I've got here, you'd probably laugh. I couldn't get my mic stand in my suitcase. So I actually have my microphone hanging off of an umbrella, and I'm out by the pool, which means you may get all kinds of extraneous sounds, you know, pool noise, birds, passing vehicles, hopefully not any lawn maintenance. Um, And incidentally, it's not really all that sunny. It's actually quite cloudy and supposed to rain here in a bit. So, uh, you know, just goes to show you don't always get what you want. Uh, Speaking of not getting what you want, President Trump wasn't very happy about the uh, rate cut situation. So how is that for a ham-handed transition? Anyway, the Fed did deliver on uh, Wednesday. The 25 basis point interest rate cut was the first cut in more than a decade. And Jerome Powell left the door open for more future cuts. Peter Schiff called this the first cut on the path to zero. Now, pretty much everybody expected this. The real question was whether or not the Fed would surprise us and cut deeper. It didn't. And that disappointed the stock market. The Dow sold off on uh, Wednesday afternoon, falling as low as 466 points before rallying a bit. It still closed over 300 points lower. It also disappointed the president, who took to Twitter after the announcement. Quote, What the market wants to hear from Jay Powell and the Federal Reserve was that this was the beginning of a lengthy and aggressive rate-cutting cycle, which would keep pace with China, the European Union, and other countries around the world. As usual, Powell let us down. But at least he's ending quantitative tightening, which which shouldn't have started in the first place, he added. The big question was what kind of message Powell and company would offer about the future. We pretty much expected that we were going to get this rate cut. The answer to that question is who the hell knows. Quite honestly, Powell was all over the place in this post-meeting news conference. He was trying to sell the fact that this wasn't the beginning of a big rate-cutting cycle, but he also made it quite clear that more cuts weren't out of the question. I called it straddling the fence. The favorite phrase used by the mainstream pundits was threading the needle. Peter called it lying which is quite frankly probably the most accurate description of what was going on. Powell called the 25 basis point cut a mid-cycle adjustment. When asked about future cuts, the Fed chair left the door propped open, saying, As the committee contemplates the future path of the target range for the federal funds rate, it will continue to monitor the implications of incoming information for the economic outlook and will act as appropriate to sustain the expansion. About midway through the Q&A session, Powell said the Fed wasn't embarking on a long rate-cutting cycle like it would during a recession. But then he kind of backtracked and sounded a little more dovish later on, saying, let me be clear, what I said was it's not the beginning of a long series of rate cuts. I didn't say it's just one or anything like that. When you think about rate-cutting cycles, they go on for a long time, and the committee is not seeing that. Of course, when the Fed pivoted to the Powell pause last December, most analysts weren't seeing rate cuts down the road. And here we are. Anyway, Powell basically tried to frame this as an insurance policy, insisting that the U.S. economy is strong. He said the central bank wants to keep global problems from spreading into the U.S. Like I said, I think Peter had the best take on all of this. He certainly didn't mince any words. Peter said either he's lying or he's a complete idiot, and I tend to believe it's the former. And the reason he is lying is because if he told the truth, he would scare the shit out of the markets. Now, one thing Powell has right is that we're not going to see a long rate-cutting cycle. You know why? Because there ain't much to cut. The path to zero is pretty darn short. 
So how did gold react to all of this? Well, it initially sold off pretty sharply, and it was definitely a buy-the-rumor-sell-the-fact situation. A lot of the mainstream bought into the insurance policy rhetoric. I saw spot gold go as low as about 1406 on Wednesday, but Thursday morning it was rallying as investors bought the dip. President Trump then interjected some juice into the gold market with, you'll never guess what, trade war tweets. Trump announced a plan to put a 10% tariff on the remaining $300 billion worth of goods and products coming out of China into the United States, beginning on September 1st. He also had a litany of complaints about the Chinese performance in the trade negotiation. With that news, everybody decided that Powell talk notwithstanding, we're going to get more rate cuts. The Dow dropped another 280 points yesterday, and gold soared more than 2%, pushing up to about 1446 before profit takers stepped in. As I record this, gold is trading at around 1438. We're up about 1.4% so far this week, heading for the third weekly gain out of four. Now, if I was a cynical man, and I am, I would say Trump made this big tariff announcement yesterday to nudge the Fed. Look, the president wants easy money policy, and he wants it bad. He does not want the economy to plunge into recession before the 2020 election. That's what this is all about. I'm pretty sure Trump understands this. I mean, he called the stock market a big, fat, ugly bubble on the campaign trail. That means he gets it. But now it's his big, fat, ugly bubble, and he needs the bad boy to stay inflated. So if Powell isn't going to play ball... Why not use the trade war to put pressure on? I mean, it worked, right? After the trade tweets, the markets fully priced in a September rate cut at a 100% chance. It was at about 60%. Look, I don't know if we'll see a recession before the election, but consider this. The last two times the Fed cut rates, the recession followed. And despite all of this BS about how strong the U.S. economy is, the numbers tell us otherwise. Lost in all of this Fed and trade war news with some more gloomy economic numbers. Data shows the ISM Manufacturing Index dropped to 51.2% in July. That's the lowest level since mid-2016. Construction spending also declined by 1.3% in June. Meanwhile, jobless claims climbed modestly by 8,000 to 215,000 at the end of July. This dovetails with the GDP numbers. We got a headline number of 2.1% growth last Friday when that report came out. But the most important part of the GDP, gross private domestic investment, was down 5.5% in Q2. That represents the weakest quarter since Q4 2015. Non-residential business investment was also down 0.6%. Residential investment fell 1.5%. That category has been down six straight quarters, the longest span since 2009 during the Great Recession. Net exports saw the biggest drop in a decade last quarter. So in a nutshell, the economy supposedly grew by 2.1%, despite a decline in business investment, decreasing imports, and falling corporate profits. So what drove the growth? Well, borrowed money. It was all consumer spending, which is being funded by credit cards. Keep in mind, we have record levels of consumer debt right now. Americans owe well over $1 trillion in credit card debt alone. And while Trump might not be getting the monetary stimulus he wants from the Fed, the government is giving him plenty of fiscal stimulus. Federal spending was up 5% in Q2. Non-defense spending was up a whopping 15.9% last quarter. The last time government spending grew that much in a single quarter was 21 years ago ago. The U.S. endured two recessions in that time span, including the Great Recession. In other words, government spending rose last quarter by more than it did in any quarter during either of those two recessions. Just think about that for a minute. 
So the economy isn't great. It's a house of cards built on a shaky table of debt. This is precisely why the Fed is going to have to keep cutting rates. It has to sustain the borrowing or the whole house of cards is going to fall down. Look, the whole thing is going to fall down. The only question is how long will the Fed be able to keep the legs under that table and keep the house of cards standing? So there is every reason to believe this gold rally is going to continue. Peter was on Kitco News this week. He said he thinks we're at the beginning of a breakout from the consolidation we've seen in the market since it peaked at $1,900 back in 2011. He also said he thinks gold is going to push well above $5,000. Now, investors seem to be catching on, at least catching a little bit of the gold bug. Action in the gold markets picked up significantly in June as prices saw their best monthly gain in three years. According to the latest data from the London Bullion Market Association, the volume of gold ounces transferred daily in June rose by 30.4% month-on-month to 24.2 million ounces, with the corresponding value increasing 38% to $32.9 billion. It was the highest volume in 18 months. The LBMA releases clearing statistics each month that show the net volume of gold and silver transfer between accounts of members. This kind of provides a snapshot of the amount of trading activity. The bottom line is people are buying gold. Now, if you want more information on what's going on in the gold market and how the yellow metal might fit into your investment portfolio, I highly encourage you to talk with a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today. Look, these guys aren't just salesmen. They all have strong educational backgrounds in economics and finance. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Talk to those guys today. They can help you out and they can give you all of the lowdown on what's going on with gold, silver, precious metals, the Fed, all of the things that we're talking about here on the Friday Gold Wrap. Well, that is a Gold Wrap for this week. Coming to you poolside from cloudy Florida. Uh, Hopefully this wasn't too bad because I'm going to tell you what, it wasn't easy to record. At any rate, you can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com slash news. And if you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links for all that stuff, plus some cool articles that relate to the Fed over on the show notes page. Also, don't forget the latest It's Your Dime interview. I talked with Alex Merced, who is the vice chair of the Libertarian National Committee, also a trainer on Wall Street. We had a fantastic conversation about economics and economic education. Uh, Alex has put out hundreds of videos on basic economic principles, and we covered some of those things. Uh, It's a great discussion. Uh, I will also link to that over at the show show notes page. So that is a gold wrap for this week. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week.